16 minutes it is before 9 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. And, uh, yeah, we continue with our discussions uh, here this evening. And uh, we now shift our attention uh, to uh, what has come out of, uh, yeah, the uh, Ministry of Finance earlier on today. Now, the Treasury announcing uh, just uh, under 39 billion rand in a package to provide relief uh, to uh, the poor and uh, to uh, some firms in the South African economy. And uh, the package suggested, uh, of course, uh, will be uh, funded through higher than expected tax collections with around 36.3 billion being new money and uh, just uh, over 2.6 billion uh, being from the reprioritization of uh, the budgets of the Department of Trade, Industry and Competition and the Department of Small Business Development. Isaiah Mklanga is the chief economist at uh, Alexander Forbes and joins me at, yeah, to make sense, I guess, uh, of uh, uh, this uh, pronouncement from uh, the Ministry of Finance. Makwabo uh, Minjan. Thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us, uh, uh, Isaiah. Maybe maybe let's start off here. I mean, uh, just going into this briefing today uh, with what the president had said on Sunday, what were you expecting before we get to what in the end was actually announced? We're going to be out of work and mm. as a result will not end the normal income. Mm. So the mm. state's action essentially removes income from people's pockets. So it should be the state that comes and help them to at least yes. offset part of the income which they normally have. Yeah. That's the expectation that we need to sure. have. Especially, I mean, those who operate, I guess, you know, in uh, spaces where maybe the public spaces are their operational space. I mean, informal traders, that kind of thing. We would have also expected it in that space. But I guess there's the complication of formalization. And uh, that's a story for another day. But what do you make of just, you know, the announcements on TERS specifically and uh, TERS for sectors that have been faced with social unrest? Um, I guess that's something we probably would not have expected um, just in the context of the relief for COVID. Look, in the current environment, we should. Mm. Um, uh, You know, the state has a duty to support citizens who can't fend for themselves. And in this environment, with the looting that took place, the jobs that have been displaced, companies, uh, you know, closing down, the state had to do something. I mean, uh, uh, what is the function of the state if it is not to help those that can help themselves? So it, it, it should have been expected and glad that government responded and provided help. But I think one aspect that is also important to note is that this is a short-term measure. It's mm. not a permanent measure. Mm. Uh, it has an end of March next year, which coincides with the uh, the end of the uh, fiscal fiscal year. Um, some have, you know, characterized this as electioneering, given that we are going into election uh, election mode and we will be going into local government elections. But I'll, I'll, I'll choose to view it as the state helping within the financial year. Um, uh, I wouldn't, uh, you know, try to, to politicize, given that it is really people that are in abject poverty that requires its support. Mm. Uh, it's possible we may get an extension beyond the March 2022 because we expect a fourth wave, just like we expected a third wave looking at what's happening uh, you know, internationally with mm. the new variants that are coming and the, the, the conditions that have made a conducive environment for infections to increase quite significantly. I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, 
now that we're going into uh, you know political campaigning those are like super spreader you know, uh, you mm. know gatherings that are going to be to be created so we should expect that covid infections will increase if campaigning also increase yeah. but we also have to contend with a, a lambda variant that is now spread to some more than 30 countries mm. it's just a matter of time before it comes here the last 18 months have taught us it's impossible to keep the virus out of the country. Yeah. We certainly saw, I mean, uh, events like that, political events, you know, religious uh, gatherings, the cricket in a place like India, having Absolutely. a devastating impact uh, there. And uh, I guess, Isaiah, maybe the, the other question, of course, is around, uh, you know, the source of some of the new money. I mean, it, I guess it does help to be, a, uh, you know, a commodity, um, you know, uh, endowed economy. And when commodity prices are good, uh, probably not as good as when the chips are down. Uh, absolutely. You know, it, in February, when the new budget was announced, and Trader updated its revenue forecast relative to the October budget, mm. and it was quite clear that the commodity prices were going to continue to be quite supportive for the economy. There were a lot of calls to say, what should we do with this new money that is going to be, or with this extra revenues? that are going to be generated or collected by SARS. And there was a lot of political pressure to say we need to use the money immediately to help or to increase spending. Uh, particularly, uh, it was said we need to increase government uh, employee salaries. And we, we pushed back and said, in the event that we have an economic shock, if we use all these extra revenues, we won't have anything to fall back on. So it is prudent from a national treasury point of view for it to pack this money and see how the, you know, the pandemic evolves. If there are shocks to the economy, then that money can be used to finance those shocks without going out of the fiscal framework, which is, which is what treasury eventually did. So it is that extra revenues that were collected that were not anticipated, which have been used to by and large cover this uh, you know extra spending that are so needed but also we need to to take into account that mm. we need to, uh, to to remain within the fiscal framework for us to be able to reduce the bond yields and also the borrowing costs so as i as i hold that thought for me for a second we've got a quick spot break coming up on us but i want us to come back to that specific point of staying within the confines of the fiscal framework and uh, i guess uh, not doing anything that might bring the borrowing requirement upwards um, and the implications of potentially doing so so i want us to come back to that on the other side of this six minutes it is before 9 p.m and uh, we're under the microscope this evening talking about the uh, 39 billion rand uh, relief package uh, to uh, poor households and uh, to uh, firms that have been a hard hit uh, by the uh, recent spate of social unrest that we've uh, witnessed. And I'm joined by Isaiah Mtlanga, Chief Economist at Alexander Forbes, uh, to take a look at uh, some of these stories. Now, Isaiah, before we had to go to that break, uh, you were talking about the fiscal framework and the importance of staying within that framework, uh, notwithstanding, of course, the social unrest that we've had. Why? Ayabonga, if, if we look at the current conditions that enable South Africa's economic recovery to be as good as it is, these conditions will not last. And in fact, if we are talking, if we're looking at globally, we are now talking about inflation fears and the potential for the U.S. Federal Reserve to increase interest rates. Now, if we take people back to 2013, we had what, was, what is now known as the taper tantrum, where the U.S. Fed hiked rates four times in one year, 
and we had many emerging market currencies weaken or depreciate significantly. We had outflows of capital from emerging market economies, which also increased debt servicing costs for emerging markets. A lot of countries were on the verge of defaulting on their debt, particularly mm. those that is, have. Is that what you expect, Isaiah? Uh, I mean, I know the Fed is going to say something. Is it tonight? Uh, yes. Our time. Yeah. Is is that your expectation? That I mean, Jerome Powell and his team they are on a rate hiking cycle. Not immediately. Mm. Uh, we would expect them to announce. A, a reduction in their bond purchasing program sometime in September mm. for implementation beginning January next year to end QE by December next year. Sure. Hikes then start in 2023. But you know, market, the moment it's announced, they already take position and adjust yeah, yeah. as if it's already happened. Okay. So that effect alone will increase our bond yields, mm. will result in the, weak, in, in the, in the weakening of our, of our currency. Sure. And I so, guess the terms on which we borrow, uh, Isaiah, um, uh, and on which the government borrows. Uh, I just want, I'm quite conscious of time, and I want us to, to get, uh, I guess, to, to some of the issues around SASRIA um, and some of the businesses who might not have had any cover with SASRIA that uh, had uh, risks that uh, yeah, have gone uninsured. Uh, what uh, did this particular package have for them? Look, it, it, it will help because there is some funding that is reserved for, for SASRIA. It's about uh, $3.9 But SASRIA itself already have a, quite, a, quite a, a, a good uh, you know, cash balance of about $9.5 in cash that it has, plus a further $6 billion in reinsurance, uh, which, is a, which means collectively it has just over uh, close to $16 billion in cash. If you add the almost four billion that the state has provided, should it be should it be uh, required? That that's just under twenty billion rand, and the damage, as it has been quantified, is roughly around the same same figure. So, you know, just looking at the numbers, it should be able to cover for all the claims that will be coming through. Mm-hmm. And then. Um I guess the, the, the other element of this was um, some of the, the minister's reflections on the outcome of the public sector wage talks, I mean, which um, have a massive and material bearing on our macro fiscal fortunes just uh, by virtue of the proportion of our entire expenditure mix that they uh, constitute. Um, what do you make of some of those remarks? I mean, aside from the fact that he really thinks Mugwena Maluleke doesn't like him. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, look, from our side, we have always expected some fiscal slippage of some sort, particularly from the public sector wage bill. It's almost inconceivable that Labour is going to go into a negotiation, a negotiation table with government and say, yes, we want 0% increase in salaries uh, for, for three consecutive years. It's almost impossible. And especially in an election year like what we have currently, Labour has a political bargaining chip. So we expected the fiscal slippage. $28 billion that is going to cost the state, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's still within what National Treasury can, can handle given the extra revenues that we have had. So again, that extra cash that we got from revenues that were not expected is coming in handy to actually make sure that government can give the wage increases to government employees without going outside of the fiscal framework. Hence the importance of building fiscal buffers when conditions are good, mm. instead of splurging and spending on things that we can either delay or even cancel altogether. As I am Shanga, 
Naken Sangofu, thank you very much uh, for your time this evening. Uh, as always, a pleasure catching up with you, brother. No, thanks uh, for having me. That there is uh, Azai Mtlanga, uh, the chief economist at Alexander Forbes. Yeah, talking, I guess, about uh, the implications of uh, one big piece of news that we're anticipating, and that's the decision from the Federal Reserve. Not just the decision per se, but often the minutes of the discussions that happened there. Do give the market some guidance around uh, what uh, uh, you know uh, interest rates are going to do in the U.S. and by extension, what that is going to mean for sovereign bond markets in this part of the world. Uh, and uh, yeah, so certainly one we're going to be watching quite closely and uh, might reflect on that uh, in our business discussions tomorrow. Uh, but we're going to have to leave it there, folks, for this evening. The man with the music is standing by. He's your soulful accompaniment for the remainder of the day. Big thank you, DJ Jaws Nagoechola, for putting this production together. As always, have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Stay safe. Nangoko Sasai Banga. Le Economy.